Smooth brain. Smooth brain. <laughs> you guys. You guys. We have a problem. Actually, let me restate that. We do have more than one. Um, hey, look, a classic um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought I'd gotten out of that habit after it was pointed out to me. Okay. This is the 13th of January, 2022. I am Commander Jan Trax, and this is the Loose Screws Podcast. The, your, your old boys back at it again. Hillbilly Redneck Roundup, or whatever this was. Um, so, so people, joining me to... Oh, hate, hate has, hey, announcement, everybody. Hate has to work. However, joining me tonight is Commander Chig. Hi, how are you? Excellent. And Commander Dubs. Howdy. And I almost said the soundboard. Uh, Nurgle. Nurgle's also here. Hello. Good evening. You should introduce the soundboard. You should the have soundboard. a sound for it, too. Um, okay, uh, let's see. What sound would the soundboard sound be? I might not know what I'm talking about. I mean, oh, that's entirely thanks. possible. <laughs> I am pretty stupid. <laughs> I e. feel e. so e. loved. E. 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 Oh, okay. God. Yeah, I do, the, I do the sounds a little differently now. Um, anyway, so now there's a soundboard. It's a separate user in the Discord channel. It's very fun. Okay, so... It's the Loose Screws podcast. We we've had some time since it was a proper like whole long podcast episode. This one I think is going to turn into a long one, and it's because I have been um, I've been playing Odyssey in VR. This, as I said last week, it's because Commander Volt gifted me the Odyssey expansion on Steam. So I guess this episode is brought to you by Commander Volt. Hello, Volt. Thanks. Um, and I feel that, you know, I, I keep my integrity cause I didn't pay for it. Um, but I do feel kind of even more responsibility maybe now to take it seriously and actually like kind of evaluate what's going on. Um, especially from a VR perspective. Uh, my plan is I, I made myself a lot of notes over the past two weeks and I plan to talk about it at great length, probably. Um, hopefully it won't be too excruciating and I'm going to keep it for the very end in case anybody wants to tune out. So in the meantime, what have you been all up to? Um, Chig, what's, what's been up this past week or two weeks, I guess, since you weren't around, were you? No, I, I the flu ripped through my house. So I yeah. was like bedridden for a couple of days and then my daughter and wife have both gotten it. And it was, it was just brutal and I'm still still recovering so if i start coughing i'll I'll try to turn off my mic i've had to turn it off a couple times uh, I'll, I'll try but if i just cough mm. randomly uh I, I, if you don't <laughs> like it fuck you i don't care whatever <laughs> um, not his fault <laughs> other, other other than that i'm i'm on that kind of home stretch for cqc elite and by home stretch Ooh. i mean like needing four hundred thousand more xp but i just passed the 80 percent mark uh through legend uh, i've I've been trying to get about one percent a day sometimes i do sometimes i don't sometimes i get a little bit more uh but like i didn't get a chance to play earlier today and i hopped on briefly before the expanse popped up on amazon earlier and like 
Moto King showed up in there, and I'm like, all right, I get to murder of a squad mate. This is great. So, but I picked up, guy. you know, picked up five, six thousand XP there, killing him and a couple other people. And I'm just gonna apologize if you show up in a match with me and it's just a random match. I, I'm just murdering as fast as humanly possible right now because I I, I want to get elite on on CQC. So I'm not I'm not playing around. I'm just murdering now. So <laughs> uh, past twenty thousand kills uh, just yesterday, I think. So I, it's it's getting there. Uh, other than that, we've all been doing you know a lot of Thargoid hunting going on. You know recently. You know we did some CZs. For yeah, the first did. time as a squad earlier in the week, and you know, a lot of us have been playing with solo. Got to watch Dubs fail miserably trying to his uh, what was that Diamondback Scout? He was yeah, trying to kill that, that yeah. poor ship. Yeah, he tried. He tried a basilisk, <laughs> and then even struggled with uh Cyclops. So it was it was still entertaining. Str- struggling, you know, compared to what I do in the Mamba, I wouldn't say struggle. Because I still killed the Cyclops with more than 90% of my hull, which I guess could be considered struggling with as many of the, the Cyclopses as I've killed. But you have to understand, this is a Diamondback Scout who is fully engineered for thermal efficiency. I can't power on my flak launcher and both Gauss cannons or uh, both uh, plasmas at the same time. You I have to turn one off. It. You turned it with um, life support off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I did the whole life fight support. with no life support because I can't afford to run it. It doesn't have the power. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to set, like, at one point uh, when I was trying a different build, I had to set my pips where I wanted them because it was like, once the hard points come out, goodbye, power distributor. It was nice knowing you, but <laughs> you don't have enough power to be controlled the either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't adjust the distro because I didn't have enough power. But wow. I did manage to take out a heart on a basilisk in that configuration. With no distro. But with no distro. No ability to control my distro. So there's there's that. I would, you know, the the, the thermal efficiency of that ship with a single small turreted beam laser on long-range thermal vent is wild. And with the low heat output of the new plasmas, it's a freaking, don't want to call it a murder machine. I mean, it's, it's nothing like the Mamba. But it's a fun, interesting way to go about it. And it actually, I did find out that uh, we just lost somebody. That was GR, too. He's the one that we can trust. Damn. Ugh. I'll call him back in. <laughs> Are we going to continue? Yeah, keep going. Okay. It's fine. Okay, hopefully, hopefully Craig gets this. But yeah, I actually wound up having more success by removing the small plasma because being able to regain control of my power distro and all that I was able to more efficiently use the single size two plasma. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but that's, I mean, I guess I just kind of took over from Shig, but yeah, that's what I've been doing for a whole week. My carrier hasn't left the Pleiades and I've just been murdering flowers. Nice. Um, Chig, did you have more you wanted to add? No, I was, I was, I was trying a new thing, you know, smooth transitions, but we'll just keep oh, going, I guess. Transitions as, <laughs> transitions as smooth as our brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nurgle, what's up, man? How are you doing? Uh, well, two things. Uh, the beginning, Mrs. Nurgle, first off, for, you know, for people out there, Mrs. Nurgle is a third grade teacher. And at the beginning of this school year, she decided, 
out of the blue that she was going to start an archery team at the school. So, of course, I got roped in, in the to be this. Uh, well, she's doing mostly this fourth and safe. fifth graders. But, but um, so, uh, you know, of course, I got roped in to be the the assistant coach since I'm the only person who's ever touched a bow in their life. <laughs> and and that was years ago for me. But anyway, uh, got 14 kids who had never touched a bow in their life in October. Last Saturday, they went to their first archery tournament and did great. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Had one of them, your maximum possible score is 300. Had one of them shoot a 178 in his first tournament with three tens, three bullseyes. So, wow. Yeah. So Didn't, is this scoring is this scoring similar to bowling where 300 is professional and an average player can barely break 100? No, no, there were there were some um there were some other even middle school kids in that same tournament that shot in the 290s. Oh, damn. And there's there were some kids there that I mean they're just machines. They're like robots going through the same motion every time and it's hitting the center of the target. They were actually pretty pretty impressive to watch. Wow. But yeah. But that was uh, that was last weekend, and then I have to tell this story for for Tesnik's sanity. He requested it. So again, for for background information, uh, my my second career after working in hospitals for most of my adult life, I work for a parks department. You're essentially Nick Offerman, right? I Ron, Ron have, Swanson. I, I I never watched Parks and Recs. I don't get that reference. Oh my God! What is wrong with you? All right. I feel like, I feel like uh, you know Nick loved the government a little bit more. So more than Nurgle. <laughs> yeah. <More> than Nurgle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really low bar. <laughs> so, so last week, I get this this text message and a panic phone call from one of my guys, and this text message is a piece of shit. Uh, Caprice Classic driving down the road with a 10-foot wide set of aluminum bleachers tied to the back of it. Huh. Uh, that, this, that this guy had rolled into one of our parks, hooked up these bleachers to the back of his car, and took off down the road with them towards a scrapyard. Unbelievable. And so I quickly called our department secretary and said, I'm sending you a picture. You need to call the police now. This is where he is. I'm headed there. And I'm driving across town to where he is, and I'm three-quarters of the way there, and I got a call back from the secretary that said, hey, I've got Sergeant so-and-so on the line. They've stopped him at just tell me where I'll meet him. And they had pulled him <laughs> over. You know, this, this police officer had passed him going down the road, going the opposite direction, saw the bleachers on the back of the car, and had the good sense to think, you know, there's something not right about that. <laughs> no, no way that's right. That's just not right. And pulled him over. <laughs> And sure enough, he's got him tied to the back of the car. Oh my God. And of course, when I get out and the police officer introduces himself and says, have you ever seen anything like this? No, sir, I have not. And about five minutes later, the detectives show up and one of them walks up to me and says, you know, when I got the call about this case, I thought they were joking with me. Have you ever <laughs> seen anything like this? No, sir, I have not. So uh, I'm curious now, if he'd have actually gotten to the scrapyard, would it have been a finder's keeper situation, or would they have called the cops? I'd assume they, they would have called the cops. They they, they would have called the cops because it's got okay. it's got signage on it, and yeah. the, 
the local scrapyards won't take anything that has signage on it like that attached because there's always the chance it was stolen. All he would have needed to do is take the signs off and he'd have been okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But so the, they've got him in the back of the patrol car and um, the detective went over and talked to him and then he kind of waved me over and he talks to him a little bit more and asked him you know, why he took these things. And he said, well, the sign... And there's a sign that's on the that's on a little post on the back of the bleachers that says "Use at your own risk," and and he thought "Use at your own risk" meant he could use them for whatever scrap in his case. And uh, and I asked the detective later. I said, "Do you think he's that's just the best answer he could come with, or is he really that stupid?" And the detective said, "Oh no, he's really that stupid." If you but, think about it, he did. He did use them at his own risk. He did, and <laughs> and since they're valued at three thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars, uh, that's grand theft. Grand, yeah, grand theft. So, um, which would the d- department uh, social media rules prohibit me from posting pictures of this event? However, the local news station covered it, so I will post the link. <laughs> to the very brief news story in the show notes because they have a picture of this guy. And let me tell you, yeah, he's a real... A picture of could, the guy himself? Yeah, you could tell he's he's not playing with a full deck. But, wow. And a picture of the bleachers tied to the back of his shitty-ass Caprice Classic. Wow. So, and uh, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit on Discord and Test It kept saying, I got to hear more, I got to hear more. So that was for you, buddy. <laughs> wild it was wild have, have never seen anything like that and probably will not see anything close to it again in the near future <laughs> yeah wow so that, man and that was just my last week mm-hmm. <laughs> how was your week there tracks uh my it's been filled with um experimentation and frustration in, in Odyssey. And um, I, like I said, I will talk more later. I have notes. Um, there's a, you know, I, I thought maybe I should approach this like the compliment sandwich, um, but the way it shook out, the, the compliment is the thing that's ending up in the middle. I guess that's the spoiler alert for later. There's, there's <laughs> way more problems than there is stuff that I can say that's positive about it. I, I'm speaking particularly about the VR implementation because obviously you guys all play this all the time, so I don't need to tell you about the, the shit that's wrong with it on flat. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's basically been my time. Um, so let's uh, make Nurgle talk again some more, right? Make <laughs> yeah, it to think. <sighs> yeah, you want to you squad update now or squad update after Galnet? Uh, I'm going to do it now. Okay. Squad update, uh, this one. Incoming priority message. Squadron briefing. Alrighty then. So, we are still consolidating all of the assets in Balmus. Uh, we have gone right back into expansion. Uh, this will be the third one of... Uh, runaway expansion period that we're in right now. This time it's from Mycoro. That started uh, today. So we will be adding to the standing orders tomorrow, trying to direct this in a particular direction. 
Um, and we are still, we've got a couple of, uh, we're down to just one local retreat that we're trying to stop now. We've got that fairly well under control. Uh, and we've pushed a couple of uh, other minor factions that we're using as proxies into expansion to kind of fill some holes in the local cube. And all of this is to keep us from having open slots in our expansion cube because when we have those open slots, one, they're places where if we expand, we're going to preferentially go into and we may not want to go there. But the other real reason is we don't want holes basically in our house for other factions to expand into. Um, so we're trying to, you know, keep our house in order, for lack of a better term. Uh, this, this week, with all of the stuff we've had going on, I think for the first time in a very long time, the uh, standing orders post went exceeded the 2,000 character Discord limit and had to be broken into two posts. So there's plenty going on. Um, we've got uh, election missions running somewhere. We're in a war for a system we just moved into. We're prepping another system. So. You know, if you're interested in combat or trading or mission running, uh, even if you've got exploration data you want to dump somewhere, there's something that involves your style of play that is also BGS related going on. We've got all of that stuff posted in the daily standing orders post. Um, and if you have any questions, me or Hate are always around to answer them. So that's what's going on. Sweet, sweet. Thanks. So um, next on my list is going to be the um, Blame the Bard Galnet commentary from Commander Jay Barron, who sent us in a recording. So uh, let's catch up. Uh, I don't think we had one last week, so hopefully he's covering two weeks, I guess, or whatever's been going on since, uh, since the new year. So let's check it out. Welcome aboard the Tinhadium Express. Please disregard the strange smell from the air vents. Life support systems will automatically adjust the quality to your liking momentarily. I'd also like to take this time to remind passengers that any attempted theft of another's thoughts is a crime punishable by death. All right, we're going to move on to uh, recap these last week's news stories. Colonia Bridge is to lay its final brick. The project began its third and final phase on January 6th. All reward tiers have been hit, and I would like to say thank you to everybody that participated. It's a huge accomplishment, and it'll make it easier for newer players or just lazy players like me that have never been to Colonia. would like to kind of go out there, take a look, see all that. Uh, does kind of raise some questions, though, about uh, the future of Colonia. Uh, since it's now easier to get there, will that mean its political future changes? Will there be an exodus to Colonia? These are just some questions we've got uh, got on our plates now, and we'll have to see what they hold later on in the future. We'll have to uncover that at some point. Moving on, the Empire is definitely not connected to terrorism at all whatsoever. So a whistleblower sees a similarity between this thing called the Omega Grid and uh, NMLA's comms network. That's deep, dark web, whatever, right? 
So the Omega Grid, this was a couple of weeks ago, is allegedly a secret communication network that the Empire uses for its secure transmissions. Okay, fine, whatever. So a little while later, uh, Senator Carl Nerva <laughs> says that these claims of the Omega Grid are as unfounded as Serene Harbor. <laughs> okay. All right, so once you see what he says there, you can kind of take this article, crumple it up, and throw it away because, well, we could almost take the allegedly out of the mix because, well, that must be what they're doing because, well, Serene Harbor is a thing. Right? Well, moving on because that's, 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 that's it right there for that. So we got to move on. Nakato Kane asks Edward Mahone, why so serious? So Sirius Corp is now contracted with the Alliance Defense Force uh, to replace Aegis for the Thargoid defense plan. Uh, there's nothing indicating that this will boost either Sirius or the Alliance from, say, Federal or Imperial navies, but if if Sirius is going to be outfitted the same way Aegis was outfitted, for example, then they will be outfitted for human combat rather than Thargoid combat. I'm not entirely sure how they plan to um, roll with this, but sure, whatever. Um, I will say that Mahone does keep uh, winning his plans within the Alliance Assembly with slim margins, this was something that he brought to them for them to vote on. Um, and his his own deputy prime minister, Angela Coricon, decided not to even vote on the issue. So if he keeps winning by slim majorities and now his deputy prime minister isn't even going to vote on it, what is his popularity really like within the alliance? Yeah, I mean, folks. The folks just voted for the guy for a second term. It's never happened in Alliance history before. So, yeah, what what's really going on? That's kind of what I want to know. It's very interesting that that was put in the article because why would anyone mention that somebody wouldn't vote on it? That's just that's very strange to me. But we're going to have to move on. So the Empire has asked for... Uh, uh, the Empire asked for a mining contract, basically, is what it is. I barely... I'm sorry, I barely care about this article. Empire wants a contract that's normally awarded to a Federation corporation. The, uh, the Imperial Corporation is called Tane Massey, which is uh, Zmina Torvald's granddaughter was, well, I, I don't know it's, it's her company I guess uh, they want uh, a contract that's been normally awarded to the Federation Federation's uh, heard about the idea uh, but I have an idea to resolve the butthurt uh, you could just ban slavery within the terms of the contract Okay, so no slave labor gets used, and um, well, there we go. The empire can just mine there. It's 
so it's on the edge of federal space. Well, a lot of things are on the edge of federal space. Hello. Um, yeah, that's about all I want to talk about for that because that's I, I really I don't really care about that article. <sighs> but we'll get back to it. Um. Oh, so moving on. Moving on to the, the my favorite article of the week. Aegis has made its cake, and it's getting its just dessert. The Bauman report has finally been completed and suggests that Aegis should be dismantled. Various reasons were pointed out within uh, the agency itself. A lot of problems propped up. But one interesting thing to note is the very first paragraph is taking a jab at middle management, not focusing on its goals. Does not something I can recall ever being an issue with in ages before. Um, could this be a little bit of frustration peeking through from the writers? I, I don't know. <laughs> Very interesting. Because everything else it talks about is lack of funding, uh, the attack on uh, hind minds, some other stuff. But uh, yeah, it, 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 that part was very interesting. So now we're going to wrap things up with the uh, CG prediction. And uh, God, I hope you love delivery CGs because I'm pretty sure this next one is a delivery CG uh, for the Empire versus Federation and the mining contract. Um, I've kind of taken a look at the past two weeks worth of news. And if there's going to be a CG tomorrow... <sighs> sorry, folks. I'm pretty sure it's going to be something like that. Uh, but, uh, well, that's at least a prediction. I'm usually wrong on these things. Usually. Hopefully I'm wrong again tomorrow when it's something far, far more entertaining. Anyways, thank you all, and have a great night. And it wasn't more entertaining. Yes, it's the mining CG. Uh, mining is back, everybody, so you can deliver <sighs> commodities to something... Um, I didn't even put a link in the show notes to this community goal. But anyway, it's it's a repeat of the same old thing, delivering mining stuff. And if actually it's not even a repeat because the last mining ones at least offered a unique mining module. These ones just offer a 10% discount on mining modules. And I think additional tiers unlock deeper discounts. So great. Mining equipment is slightly cheaper. <laughs> it's not they're not discounted prismatic shields, are they? They could at least offer like one of the new multi-limpet controllers. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Even if the mining one is dog shit. Like like a lightweight one. Lightweight engineered <laughs> what multi-limpet yeah. offered, controller. Imagine if they'd offered the mining multi-limpet controller, but in a class A. Oh. People would hey. take the extra weight for that, I bet. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone mining gives Maybe. a shit about weight. Yeah. 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 I, all I know is this week in the Discord, so many people were doing the delivery thing this week. and That was for the CG that just ended today, Exactly, though. the one yeah. that just yeah. ended. Exactly, because you got the, I don't know, you got a few free FSDs, and I'm like, if I want one, I'll go to the tech broker, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just yeah. wasn't yeah. excited at all. Mm -hmm. Well, the three, four, and six were the ones on offer yep. again the, for the third time now, or maybe the second time. 
I, have I don't no idea. know. But they, um, I, I have a set. I didn't feel inclined to go get another set. I don't know what I would use them for. Honestly, it's not that big a deal to me. Um, but if you didn't have them, this was a great opportunity to get them. They did all get unlocked. Um, and I saw somebody, I think it was Subsonic Slug, got both. So got made made at least top 75% here in the bubble and then went out to Colonia and made it into that one as well. Wow. So he might be touched be, in the head. Yeah. That'll yeah. be two, two of each. <laughs> Three, four, and six. That's uh, dedication, Holmes. Yep. Um, I still didn't see any word up or down on whether they're going to pull that, pull the rug out from from under anybody at some point about um, being able to add experimentals to them. All the all the language just keeps saying it's going to be clear. It's going to be clear if you can't add add um, uh, experimentals to it in the future. But it made no mention of it. So I guess it's only clear after you do all the work and wait a week for the module to show up in storage and then look Pretty at much. it. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And that'll That's be what? Saturday those will be released. Yeah. So we'll be I'm sure there'll be some salt. They'll screw something up, I'm sure. If if yeah. they have if they have changed the modules and made them not engineerable, not not able to add experimentals, it's gonna make a lot of people upset. And they definitely didn't communicate it ahead of time if this was the moment they're making that change. So buckle up, I guess. We'll see what happens. Indeed. Anyhow. So once again, we have no dev news to speak of. There was the um, promised hotfix to Horizon's console, and I guess PC too, although I certainly wasn't having any trouble adjusting my fire groups on, on PC. So I think it was mainly a console fix, but there may have been some other stuff in the background. Basically, the Horizon servers rebooted. It wasn't nothing needed even to be downloaded, which is so interesting because the the trouble was something about navigation in the Firegroups panel, and and the the weight of the of the multi limpets. Right, that that change hadn't come to Horizons yet. I think, which was so weird to me. I don't. I didn't understand how that happened. But yeah, there's definitely things like. Stuff like that points out that it's it's clear that there's stuff in here that does not work the way we all assume it does, you know? Yeah. Um, Nothing at FDEV works the way you assume it does. <laughs> Probably. It's all magic. Yeah. If it was magic, it would work. Exactly. <laughs> Just, yeah. They could throw a couple extra bat wings and what, eye of newt in the vat and it would all work fine. Instead, it's just... It's I, you never know what's not going to work and what's going to work. It, it boggles my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said yeah. the other day my game crashed in uh, CQC like twice in the course of one match. I was in the match, crashed, got back into the match, crashed again, and I I posted in the CQC Discord. I'm like, I wonder how much I'd love this game if it wasn't such a shit show. Because it's just, you know, I, I you just get used to all these little bugs. And I love this game so much that I just keep playing it even with these annoyances. And, and some, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they're game-breaking. If you're crashing from the game entirely, that's game-breaking, obviously. And yeah. I, I still play it. I, I wonder if I didn't have all of these annoyances, how freaking much i would really really love this game because i love it already i don't know indeed so no, that. I, yeah full support i i got um i guess it was 
which night? I guess it was Tuesday when I was playing on Tuesday. I did a stream and I think the game crashed. I can't remember if it was four or five times crashed to desktop, just doing random stuff. Um, not exclusively went on foot, but almost all of them were on foot. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I've never had a crash. You're so <laughs> full one, of shit. Not one. <laughs> this game is perfect. Yeah, How dare you speak down upon Braben? Your pants must be on fire right now. <laughs> when when I um when I start regaling you with my experiences over the past two weeks, I wonder what among of these bugs you will have just gotten used to and don't notice anymore. Because coming from Horizons, where let's be clear, there are very much fewer bugs in Horizons. It is a totally yeah. different experience for, from the perspective of bugs. Um, but having played that up until this past two weeks, uh, it was stark to me, all the changes. And everybody just playing Odyssey whenever tracks wasn't online, you know. I wonder how much of that you're kind of looking past now. Yeah, we're just noticing. Because well, yeah. we started playing when the bugs were serious. And they, were they, worse, fixed, yeah. they fixed the worst bugs, so now we're like, oh, oh, it's okay. But, you know, Trax, having never came to Odyssey for very long, <laughs> finally makes his way over here, and it's yeah. like, oh, no, this is still shit. <laughs> so let's talk about one thing first. The in, I'm going to do this community corner. So announced today... In the AXI Discord, we heard about this. The uh, world's first solo Sidewinder Hydra kill. There's a video linked in the show notes. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, um, but Chig has, and he was starting to tell us about it. And I said, shut your mouth, save it for the podcast. So, um, yeah, like, what's... So, apparently, the, this is to do with a bug. Well, with kind previously, of, yeah. Yeah, okay, so tell me, tell me about it. Well, it was... First, it's Commander Mechan, M-E-C-H-A-N. I, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it mm -hmm. right. And he's he's in a Sidewinder killed. He's one of two people that's been able to kill a Medusa solo in a Sidewinder prior to this. So, you know, he's very, very deal. skilled at, at what he does. And mathematically, it's always, you know, you could do it in a Sidewinder with a pair of small Gauss cannons, but realistically you couldn't because the regen would be it's just slightly slightly less than the damage that the Gauss cannons can put out but you're never going to continue to keep the damage up in order to actually do it so it was always impossible until the new weapons came out so the modified Gauss cannon that does the bursts mm -hmm. instead of you know the single shot they Actually, if you use premium ammo, instead of 30% damage boost, do 120% damage boost. So that all of a sudden made it possible <laughs> to do enough damage to do it. Once again, these are still two small hard points on a on a Sidewinder. So, I would put it in the range of doing more damage than a size 2 Gauss Cannon to begin with. Yes, but you're talking, he's in a, I think with full armor and stuff, the Sidewinder has like 700 armor, if that. Uh, so, I mean, he's having he to carry repairs, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, you can't make any mistakes. You know, he, he makes yeah. a couple minor little mistakes. I mean, it's a size one power distro, you know, the smallest in the game, you know, everything, everything about this. Like between hearts, he has to actually retract his weapons 
in order to have enough power to use ZFMU between between uh, <laughs> uh, between yeah, hearts. That's what you got to do with that DB scout. Yeah, I know, right? You got to you got to take the hard points in. But I mean, as he goes in on the attack run, he launches that first heat sink, and he starts synthing heat sinks right away too. So he'll have enough heat sinks to get the hearts down as he's going. So he's he's going wow. about that point. Another thing is, if you synth premium ammo, you only get. 80 ammunition in the Gauss cannon. So what he actually does is he pre- synths pre- regular ammo first, which will give him the full 400 clip, and then he synths premium over it, so he's got the 400 premium ammo. I mean, it's just oh, little wait, things wait. like this that he has to do. So 80 would be the 80 would be the full reserve ammo of a regular unmodified Gauss cannon without exactly. the fire. Oh yep. my God. But if you do it on the modifieds, it only gives you the ammo for the regular. Mm. It doesn't give you the ammo. So there's multiple little bugs. Shocking, right? I so, wonder if that has to do with it's synthing premium ammo for a normal Gauss cannon, but still rapid firing it. I'm sure it does. That's I, weird. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's super weird. But I the videos don't worth, try to make sense of it. Yeah. The, the video's worth an absolute watch. He does a great job of explaining everything he's doing, the reasons he's doing it, breaking down the math. He even at the end of the video does the timestamps of you know when the fight started, how long the first heart took, you know, and everything. And it it took him an hour to do the fight, which was amazing to me that it only took him an hour. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> seriously. A sidewinder, he killed that, a Hydra. Edited, the, the video is 29 down. minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like 29 minutes. And he does, I, I learned a lot just watching him do this. Even when he like got out of rotation, you know, his cold orbiting got out of whack a little bit. He would bail and he explains why he would bail and how some people might not do that. It's, you want to be educated on, on uh, Sargoid fighting, go watch the video. It's this mm-hmm. guy is, yeah, he's my hero. And just because I've been doing so much Thargoid fighting lately, lately, trying to get better at it myself, to watch what's actually possible in the hands of somebody who really knows what they're doing is just, it, it it's sick. And go watch it. Definitely worth it. I sure will. I sure will. I'm excited. I only just learned about it earlier today and didn't have a chance to play it, or I definitely would have. Like even, um, here's another thing uh, on the... On the modified Goss, they even have a micro gimbal in them. The small modified yeah. Goss compared to, you know, the medium, you know, regular Goss. They don't have wider? that. It's, it's, no, it actually, it, it'll lock onto the heart. You'll see it when he's shooting. Well, re- he points it out. He says that it doesn't do that. And I've never seen it do that on the, on regular, the regular Goss cannons. Regular rail guns do. I've never seen the Goss do oh. it. And he says it even. And it's very, I'm not going to say pronounced because his movements are so subtle, but you can yeah. see every time that gimbal lock onto the heart and then he fires every time huh, it's going, okay. it, just, it jumps right in on the heart for him. So, well, it, so those that are, helps too. That's sort of a hidden advantage, a couple of hidden advantages, I guess, of these modified Goss yep. because I'd, I'd straight up written them off. I mean, I don't particularly like the way Imperial hammers work compared to regular rail guns. And with the, shorter range of damage fall off i thought well that's a no-go for me um yeah. but some people like i'm sure but i i had no idea that they didn't behave like regular rail guns yep, I just, there's little subtleties I even looked at it yep huh. and that I, I was amazed 
I, I too had just written them off because of the range and needing to hit all three, you know, shots in the volley in order to get the damage bonus. And so, you know, yeah. I, I was, I, I, yeah, I might, I might play with those a little bit. Well, I have a bunch of them. Maybe I'll dig them out. Actually, I haven't flown with Gossin in so long. I, well, I'm quite happy with the plasma actually, just because of I've like Dubs was talking about earlier. I've got the heat, um, the heat on yeah, like just worked it out so that that's such a lower heat weapon compared to the shards and even the Goss. And the penetration on them is higher than the shards. It's almost as high as the Goss. So I'm I'm doing pretty well with it with that Phantom, and and it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, you can try different things. It's less good of a combo on the Mamba just because of the hard point layout. Um, I can't quite get the cooling to work. Well, actually, the real answer is because of the size 6 distro compared to the Phantom's size 7. Mm-hmm. Those those crates, and I guess by extension, the Python of the size 7 distro on a medium ship is just a cheat code. Fantastic. <laughs> That's why those are such great ships. But anyway, sort of a digression. So cool. Check check out the video in the notes. Watch it. Do yourself a favor. So, um, so I'm running I'm running out of stuff on the show that isn't me ranting. I mean monologuing. Um, does anyone want to put the anything only other else thing, in here before I chase everyone away? <laughs> the only other thing I'd mention uh, to check out is go check out Burr's video from I think it was yesterday. He goes over the timeline of sure. should link that of of horizons and how things were released to horizons over time and how basically when horizons launched, it was a giant fucking shit show also where there weren't a lot of features and all these things we take advantage for now were released over the course of years, not Mm -hmm. at the launch of horizons. And it, kind of puts things into perspective a bit. Well, two kinds of perspective. A, expect more to come from Odyssey and and FDev does continue to work and put things in, but it also shows that FDev will just put something out to get it out and then f- we'll figure it out later. You know, it's it shows their track record of of putting out basically incomplete products and then fixing them on the fly. So, it's it's worth watching. Right Burr and Rini do good work. Always do. Yeah, they're they're fantastic people. Friends of the show, if I don't mind saying so. And um, um great people. I have just added that to the show notes so that everybody can click right to it. If I can get it to turn into an actual hyperlink. There we go. Um yeah. Worth a watch. Um, Sort of similar to a video that Obsidian Ant had made some time ago, although now we have a little more time and perspective. And this one's, um, you know, just stylistically different, a little little more succinct, a little less cinematic. I don't know. That doesn't make sense because we have all of Rini's great photography, but there's something about the way Obsidian Ant presents things that is just very different than other people, right? So anyway, um, great stuff. Um, so, so this Odyssey business, huh? (laughs) Odyssey, am I right? Odyssey. Give it to us. Let's hear it. All right. All right. So keep in mind a few, a a bit of background. Um, I have, I have been trying to not talk about Odyssey for a while because I didn't have it. And the reason I didn't have it was because I refunded it back in the beginning of June, I guess, when they finally announced that they were not planning to do any more VR development. To get us off their backs, I guess, they said they weren't doing that, and I felt that I was misled. 
yada yada. We've told that story before. Um, I'm a VR player, so I didn't wasn't interested. I was going to say just that that's my where my stand is. I don't want to pay money for something if they're going to abandon VR. So um, Commander Volt in a gesture of kindness and I I guess fear on his part. Somebody told he it was revealed to me later that he was afraid I would be mad about this, um, which I was not, obviously. But he gifted me Odyssey on Steam. Um, so now I guess my integrity is solid and I can try the thing out and so on. I am playing on a Rift S. I have a, a RTX 3080 and recently have upgraded the rest of the computer as well to a um, AMD 5800X CPU. So, like, it's not the fastest computer money can buy, but all of the parts in here are in the, like, top three, right? So this shouldn't be a concern, right? Any, this, this computer can play any game, and if it can't, Problem is the game, not the computer. I think I can say that quite fairly. I know I spent a lot of money on a very fast computer because I like to play VR and that that's power hungry. Even Horizons is power hungry in VR, but it's smooth as butter in every possible scene in Horizons. Um, and it's really, really nice. So what was Odyssey going to be like? So when I started up, I, I did a lot of testing and comparing kind of graphic settings and stuff like that. And first of all, the performance is really rough. It um, spends most of the time, unless I'm just out in deep space, like if I'm near a planet most of the time, anywhere near a starport or anything, it's going to drop to half refresh rate and go into reprojection. Um, do I need to? Exp- I need to explain what that is. So, if you're a VR player, you know what this is. But anyway, if if your headset can't, if you, if it can't maintain its refresh rate coming from the computer, and in this case it's 80 hertz. So if I can't maintain 80 FPS feeding to the headset, it will do what Oculus calls asynchronous space warp. But really, it's, it's called reprojection in most headsets. So the computer will actually, it's the, it's a piece of software called the compositor that's sort of arranging, you know, measuring your head position and arranging what image is going to be shown to each eye. So it generates an in-between frame. It goes to half refresh rate, generating the in-between frames based on its like best guess for what's going to be happening in the game in between those frames. So your computer takes the load off the computer. It's a fantastic way to get VR running on hardware that can't totally brute force it all the time. Um, however, it's not the most amazing experience. It does, you can notice it once you've been used to VR for a while, but it's not that bad, especially in a seated game, because the hardest part is when you're trying to move within a game world, because um, your head motion is still very smooth, even when it's reprojecting, but the game motion, um, hard lines and stuff will get this sort of wiggly thing that goes on. So the trouble with being in reprojection all the time, which is pretty much what's going on in Odyssey, is that when you get down below 40, so if it's, if it's maintaining 40 FPS and doing reprojection to simulate 80, when it gets down near 40, 
it starts to stutter and and get really, really strange. And that is really uncomfortable. It's not like looking at a low frame rate on a monitor because your head tracking and everything is sort of being slowed down. And it's a little jarring and and it's uncomfortable, I'll say. I don't I don't get sick really in, in VR, except when I very, very first got it. I'm quite used to it. But that's the sort of stuff that makes people very sick if they're susceptible to it. And what happens with Elite is there are these moments where the whole thing will tank for a few seconds. And it's like these stutters and hiccups, like when you look at one of the side menus for the first time after getting into a ship. You see it on flat screen. I'm sure everybody has seen this. There's sort of this little hang that happens. Um, whenever you drop in from Super Cruise to a station, the few seconds that it takes to sort of load everything... I don't know what's going on in the background, but when you drop in, basically I get this frame rate tank for like one, two, maybe three seconds, and then it'll all catch back up and start running normally again. Whatever it's doing in there, I don't I don't know what it is, but those hiccups are really rough because we're too we're too close to that performance headroom as it is. So I played around with all these graphic settings and I know there's the the AI upscaling and stuff like that, and that does help a little bit. Um at the sacrifice of a small amount of the image sharpness um, compared to what I can run in Horizons. But I've basically, after messing around with it for a few hours, I found that I can't actually get the performance to improve in a meaningful way, no matter what setting the game is on. And this is where it's very strange, because typically a game will scale. The performance will scale with how much detail it's trying to render. And I don't know if it's that the settings we can actually modify don't include everything that the game is trying to do or what. Like you notice in this game, there's no setting for like character model detail, which is typically a setting in a game, right? But this game never had character models, not really up until now. So maybe that's why it's not in here, but it makes me wonder what are they sort of forgetting to have a setting for? Maybe there's something that's basically always on ultra in the background and never turns off. I don't know what that would be, but there is something because effectively, you know, I when I look at performance metrics in the headset, like I can turn everything all the way up and I'm just barely maintaining 40 FPS sitting on a pad in a station. And if I turn everything all the way to low, it's still only going at like 55 FPS. There's like no scaling hardly at all. It's still well below where it could possibly run without reprojection. And the usage on the GPU drops off a cliff. It's not utilizing the GPU very much. And this happens in in flat as well, even more so in flat. There's places where I'm like on foot and I put it into flat mode or if it's using the cinema screen inside the headset. So it's effectively the same as, as flat. And at settlements, this happens all the time. The, the frame rate is terribly low, sometimes dropping below 40 in certain moments. And the GPU is sitting at like 45% usage. I, I don't know what to do about that. Like, and that's not... That happens when I'm on the flat screen, like it's not even in the headset. So it's not that it's doing reprojection and half frame rate. It's actually just running on the monitor. I did that to make sure I wasn't getting fooled by reprojection. Please interrupt me if any of this is starting to not make sense, because I know I'm I'm kind of getting into the weeds here, but it just it just feels like there's something 
about it that you can't you can't get rid of. There's something in here that doesn't have a setting that can be turned down. There's sort of like this minimum frame time that just can't be beat. It's 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 like writing a program with a with a delay command in it or something like a wait command in in basic. Uh, it feels like that. It feels like there's something going on. Every draw call has like, and then wait so many milliseconds before moving on or or something. And I'm, I'm making this up, of course, but it's just that's just what it feels like. So ultimately, um, I I leave the graphics settings quite high because it doesn't really matter, and it's just going to run the way it runs. The only thing that affects performance scaling very much at all is purely the resolution. Like if I turn down the super sampling, that helps. But even that, if I turn it all the way down, so it's like running at half the resolution of my headset and you can't even read anything, it's like a blocky mess, it still doesn't speed up. Like it still doesn't get up high enough to run without reprojection in in a um, starport. So there's no point to that to me there's like this minimum frame time that i just can't escape i don't know why but it seems to be true i don't think fdev knows why <laughs> yeah i, I <laughs> wonder you. In, i in, know fdev doesn't know why like this thing that came out recently where somebody posts on reddit with that clickbaity nonsense about the smoke shader in burning yeah. stations you know that could be related um, I'm not that interested in that particular thing because it's only affecting this one situation, but it does seem like stuff like that's happening. Like there's stuff going on in the background that makes no sense. So, okay. I think I talked about that enough. It it just kind of, the performance just can't be recovered and it doesn't make any sense. No no game behaves this way. Even Horizons, like you could, you could get it to scale down quite a bit if you really tried. Um, there's a few settings that I have to leave on ultra or they make things look kind of terrible, particularly bloom. I know some people turn that all the way off. I I really like the way bloom works on a 3080. It really doesn't make a difference to my frame rate. Um, But I found that off or ultra work fine, but the in-between settings like medium and, and low or whatever it is, I can't remember if it's high and low or something, but it what it does is it reduces the filtering quality. And so you get these like shimmery blocks of bloom. And that looks terrible when you have the AMD um, AI super resolution running, like the, um, the AI upsampling. It, the, that, um, that filtering on the bloom art, artifacts like crazy. And anytime there's like weapon strikes or any lights, they seem to like shimmer and ripple all over your screen. It's very, very weird. So anyway, those get turned up. Um, okay, so let me start going down my list here. There's right away I notice these full screen like flickers that happen. Sort of randomly, it seems to happen more when I've just entered Super Cruise or sometimes if I've just left Super Cruise, it's like when a scene change happens. But you'll get these flickers where it looks like some random 3D model that's probably loaded in memory gets stretched across the screen at a weird angle for like one or two frames. And the whole screen does this. I've seen it sometimes on flat, but obviously I've been playing in VR mostly and it... It's weird. Do you guys see that when you're playing on non-VR? If it's not sticking, I don't you, recognize okay. it, no. So I wonder if it's just something that happens because I'm like, I'm loading the game into a VR, um, what do I call it? You know, the VR like API, the, the um, yeah. 
Oculus. And when I switch it to flat, I'm, I'm going in and turning off the 3D, right? I'm switching it back to flat mode as they described as being one of the things you could do, right? When you switched on foot, you could switch yeah. back to your monitor. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I wonder, it, I see it a lot more in the headset, so I don't know, it might just be an artifact of the headset. It was something that I saw way back in the alpha and at the, at the early release. So it's just something that hasn't been fixed. Probably because it's VR and it's getting absolutely no attention whatsoever. And they're, you know, it's just sitting there. That's just not on the list. Um, there's this, the iris effect, which I, I don't know if that's the right thing to call it, but basically when, you're, when your vision appears to react to bright lights, mm-hmm. um, it, it acts, uh, tell me if you guys agree, but I think it acts at the wrong times sometimes. Like when I've been flying around, I'm like fuel scooping or something. And as I bank and turn away from the star, it's as soon as the star leaves my field of view, I'll, the screen will like suddenly go dark and then warm back up as if a bright light flashed in my face. That happens in Odyssey CQC quite frequently, but in the opposite opposite direction sometimes. It gets super, super bright for like no, you know, it, it yeah. feels like, you know, the light's like reflecting off my canopy weirdly for some reason. But then again, it's the entire cockpit gets super bright. The next thing you know, yeah. it's like super dark and there's no uh, rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't do it in Horizons at all. It just does it in right. In Odyssey. Yeah, now that effect is in Horizons, but it's very slow and calm. Yes. And it's totally out of control. It's like, it's way too fast, it's way too aggressive in Odyssey. And anyway, it's it's very irritating. <laughs> um, okay, the, the random stuff like, uh, anytime a model gets loaded, like a model of a suit or a gun, uh, a ship in the shipyard, all the things like that, takes several seconds to load. Why is that? Does anybody know? It's really stands out coming from just, Horizons. Just in like VR, in you're seeing this? No, no, like at all. Like in menus, like when I, if I walk up to, um, oh, I don't know, like, like, like right now, if I, if I walk up to a, a screen, I'm standing here in a station, I'm going to walk up to a screen and like go to change my loadout. So it took like a full second and a half for the, like the menu appeared and then the model didn't, the model of my character didn't appear for a second. And then the rest of them sort of appeared, you know, fell in like dominoes on the bottom of the list. That strange delay, like that happens in so many places in these menus. Anytime I'm looking for a ship or something, there's this, there's this delay. And it seems so much more extreme than coming from Horizons where it would just, pop up. So I don't know, maybe I'm being picky about that one. Um, okay, here's a here's a actual VR thing. The light sources, like point sources of light, flashlights, lamp posts at settlements, um, anything like the four corners of, of every landing pad, um, you can see them on the menu screen, and the shadows they cast are reacting to head movement in VR. Ooh. This is sort of hard to describe. I can show it to you. I can pull a, I'll pull a clip out of my Twitch or something like that where I've shown it off. But like, so if I just load up the main screen and I'm about to push like play and open, 
if I look at the light sources in that scene where I'm looking at my ship and move my head left and right, the light sources and and their shadows, it's it's sort of like the shadows that they cast, but it, it's the lights move too in a, a weird way, but they kind of drag with the head. So if I move suddenly left, they'll all sweep to the left and then slide back into position when I stop moving. There's <laughs> so many things wrong with the lighting in Odyssey, yeah. though. I mean, like, if you're doing, you know, whether it's ground CZs or you're just at an installation at night, there's enemies and they're walking around with their flashlights. The way the light goes through walls from their flashlights and stuff <laughs> just is so immersion breaking for me because I can be like uh-huh. in a building and I'll know that somebody's outside the building walking towards me because their light is bleeding light. through the walls, you know, and yeah. drives me nuts. And there's, you know, all kinds of weird things like that. And, and uh, yeah. you get a delay on light wait what i'm i'm yeah i'm losing it you're a delay you mean you're asking about the thing i was seeing yeah the thing you were saying that's even well crazier it's it's not so much that it it delays but it moves with my head like it's it's as though they are dragging from their point of reference they're they're dragging being dragged around by my head track oh that makes perfect sense though if you, you know because it. it's attached to my head somehow like whatever is well, deciding no. where that light is pointed and where shadows are being cast from it is somehow no attached. it's your giant big head ego has its own gravity <laughs> so when you move the light, light is, follows light is follow follows the gravity <laughs> well it's like it, yeah. one of the most intense th- times that i noticed it is when i was approaching a settlement at night to land so I'm still in the ship. I'm still in 3D. This only happens in the 3D mode. When it's on flat on a monitor or the cinema screen inside the headset, it doesn't do it. It's only when actual head tracking is happening to the game. Um, I'm on approach to the settlement. I get close enough that all the lamp posts pop into view, basically. For one thing, the the that's around the point where the... F- frame rate totally tanks because I'm assuming it loaded every eyeball and hair inside the entire settlement or something yes. right in that moment. And like all the lights appear. And then I, as I'm sort of looking around trying to get my bearings, because the frame rates just dropped to like 25 or something, and it's really jarring. All the lights are sort of swirling and dragging as I turn my head. And whenever I hold still long enough, they sort of return to normal, you know, and, and on landing pads inside of like, um, Inside of stations, like spinning stations, there's a the, the light sources all flicker. I assume because the station itself is moving and that's also interacting with it. It they, there's like this fast flicker of all the lights all the time, and you can see them just like flickering across my console and everything in the ship. It's it's maddening. Um, let's go on. Uh, shipyard, the shipyard. I generally like the menus now. Now that I've gotten a little bit used to them, but the shipyard menu um, loads a model of the ship with all its paint and everything. Well, the models appear sort of underneath or behind the player in VR. Um, Mm. This happened in the alpha, not been addressed at all. Um, Sometimes they're behind me. I actually have to spin around in my chair and look behind me to see them. Uh, Sometimes I'm actually just inside of them. They're all around me. I was totally inside the middle of my chieftain the other day. That was fun. Mm. Um, the interior while you were in there. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay, still no game. I can see there. like the hangar bay and stuff. The <laughs> yeah, SRV hangar or where it would go anyway. Maybe that's just a, maybe that's the cargo hatch. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
Oh, uh, in Odyssey, and this happens VR or not, this isn't VR specifically, but um, any any base, any landing pad on a base with spin uh, like kicks you sideways when you're trying to land and when you're taking off. Like it kicks you down spin. Uh, it's not like, like I'm flying all FA off. I don't know if that, if FA on would solve this, but I'm, I, I fly FA off for the fun of it. And I can land very successfully. Um, I know when I'm hitting the pad correctly. And in Odyssey, it is way more picky. And yep. every time you hit, it doesn't just sort of like bounce you and then you can readjust and put yourself back down. It like throws you very hard downspin. And the same thing happens when you take off. When I take off in Horizons, I will just lift off the pad and it'll just wait for me to start giving it thruster input. On this one, I'll be flung um, downspin by, you know, a few dozen meters. Uh, yeah, before automatically I I'm, I'm thrusting uh, to the yeah. to the left just to make to sure. Compensate. Yeah. Yep, exactly. When I when I give my up thrust, I'm also giving lateral thrust so I don't hit the the light yeah. posts and stuff around the pad. Right. It, it's really annoying. Yeah. So it's just, um, at engineer bases, have you guys gotten out and talked to the engineers in person? Yes. Because that was like a big deal, right? We were also seeing that. A huge disappointment. Yeah. What's the point of like, there isn't a screen anywhere in there. So when the engineer literally says to me, hey, by the way, you can trade commodities here. And some voice actor read that and they put that in the game. But you know what they didn't put in the game is any terminal anywhere so that I could do that after they told me about it. I have to go back to my ship to do it. What is the point of that? It's kind of like ship it, right? It's, it's kind of like when the station says that it has the uh, the mercenary group. Who are they? Uh, frontline front solutions. Front line, front line. Yeah, when it says they have frontline, yeah. but you know they they don't. It's not there. They don't. That's right. Even That's though there's counter space on, for them. On Tuesday, they. It, I don't. It, is it just that the that all outposts don't? I actually couldn't find this. I think so. On stream. Yeah, all I've never seen one they, an outpost. Yeah, they all list it as being a, a service that's active. So we recorded so one set of voice lines for all stations. Well, I'm, I mean in the system map. Like if I look at the features of a station, it has reload, repair, it yep. has pioneer. If you That's get even worse. Input, and it has frontline solutions. It's, it's listed. I went to like three systems the other night trying to find a conflict zone because I wanted to do a conflict zone before I came on the podcast and, and you know, read my notes. And it wasn't, it wasn't there. So outposts apparently don't have frontline solutions. I guess the uh, fleet carrier interiors will sort of solve that. Um, but why is it on the system info? Because FDEV. Yeah. Okay. So here's the middle of the sandwich. Now I have on, on my notes some praise. Um, I do love the way almost everything looks in Odyssey compared to Horizons. The the lighting you know, besides the flickery nonsense and the dragging of lights, like I appreciate that it's it's much more immersive lighting. I like the higher contrast. I like the darkness of space and then the the brightness of hard shadows. The way materials and surfaces look, the texture re- redo on on almost everything in here, and and then just like the sort of depth and realism to to surfaces. Surface materials appear to have different levels of shine and the mip mapping and all that stuff. Great job. Um, I I mean I hope that's not what's that's not what's going on in the background and tank you know there's not some irrevocable thing in there that's what's tanking the performance but it looks great but it feels like 
it feels like a graphics mod on an old game. You know, it feels like something that somebody made like a hack together mod for that updates the shaders the way they do with old games instead of instead of being sort of um, first party. Um, but like, yeah, the materials, planets, planet shine coming around, um, coming around and seeing a star sort of wrap around the atmosphere and the glow and stuff like that. But then approaching a planet um, where I could see it reflecting planet shine onto its onto the dark side of its own moon. And it looked like when there's, you know, uh, uh, when there's an umbra on here on Earth, like looking at the actual moon and it gets that reddish sort of from planet shine when you have a new moon or something like that. Really, really cool. It, you know, it just sort of sets me back. Like I, I, that was like a moment where I was like, wow, this really is, I'm like, you know, so much closer down to being in space and it was felt really good. But um, yeah, the maps, um, maps are good. The navigation generally, like there's a few things that take a couple of extra clicks, but like I have, I have so many buttons bound that I can, I can get out of the menu quickly by just pushing the same map button again. And so it's works out. Okay. Um, I really like the filtered lists obviously and stuff like that. Um, uh, one, one spot that I think was a, is still not correct. The, the business of accidentally selling modules, um, with that little toggle switch where there used to be a pop-up warning. Mm -hmm. Um, So changing the toggle switch so that it's sticky is not a solution to that. Um, There was the other day, like I actually did want to sell a module when I was replacing it instead of keeping the other one in storage. And so I toggled that switch and then I thought, they wouldn't leave it sticky in the sell mode, would they? Because that would be stupid, right? Um, and so I went back into the menu and tried it again just to check, and sure enough, they did. So it's, it's sticky in both directions. So I don't know. It sort of solves half the problem, I guess. So anyway. It, no, it doesn't solve a problem. It just replaces one problem with a slightly less <laughs> severe problem. Slightly less common, commonly yeah. encountered problem. Yeah. Okay. So... At, by this point in all of my testing and stuff, I, I I basically stayed inside the spaceship. And what I was doing was like, okay, I did all this crap with the graphics and got myself very disappointed about the performance. But at the end of the day, when I stop paying attention to the metrics and frame counters, can is it actually fun, right? And flying around in space, for the most part, is fun. I can feel the performance chug when I pull into a big starport. And that sort of sucks because it is so smooth and great in Horizons. But for the most part out in space, it's really fun. Um, when we did the, the Thargoid conflict zone or like around an installation or something, when, when it gets to be like high traffic like that and there's a lot going on, the, the frame rate mostly keeps up on this computer, but there are these moments that I don't know what's happening, but something happens in the background and I'll have like five to 10 seconds of total slideshow. I guess the the system is thinking about something, but I can't imagine what it is. It's not necessarily when some new ship jumps in or something, you know. It's like a new Thargoid jumps in, we engage it, but somewhere around heart two or three, all of a sudden I have 10 seconds of, of 15 frames per second, and then it goes back to normal. I don't know what that's about, but it's weird and glitchy, and it doesn't feel good. So then I got out onto on foot. Um, thinking that 
the cinema screen, basically we're not running stereoscopic anymore. So the load on the GPU is a lot less. Unfortunately, the game does not, no matter what I do on flat screen, will not fully utilize my GPU. It will chug down to 24 FPS sometimes and only be using 45% of the GPU. And the CPU is not anywhere near max. It sits at like 15% all the time because it's a monster. I I don't know what to, to make of that, but performance is poor, even on foot, even on the flat screen when it's not trying to run actual VR. As settlements is really bad. Stations are, it, it does drop into reprojection sometimes just in like a, what do we call those? The concourse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, out, out on just the random surface of a planet or at a crash site or something, it's great. It all is working great. But the concourse is a little rough and settlements are horrible. They are, they never don't go into reprojection and there are constant hiccups as I walk around, probably because it's loading certain areas and unloading other areas, and it just does so in some way that brings the whole system to a crawl for like a half a second at a time. And that's really jarring. That's that's frame time consistency. Very, very bad frame time consistency. And in in the cinema screen, there's a certain like jitteriness to mouse movement. So I I don't think I would mind. I generally don't mind playing it on the cinema screen in the headset. It's it's not like it's a lot harder to... It's not like less clear or something than my monitor. Um, it's so big in front of me, for one thing, and from my field of view, that that is pretty cool. But the mouse movement, when I'm on a monitor, like right now recording the podcast, it's very smooth. But in the cinema screen, it's really jittery. And smooth movements that I make seem to sort of stutter across the screen, almost like uh, if your V-Sync was screwed up. So I wonder if it has something to do with that. Like it's just not able to sync to the headset's refresh rate or something in the same way. I don't really know what it is, but it doesn't feel smooth. And the effect of that is it feels like the performance is worse than it really is. So that's kind of disappointing, and it makes fighting in a conflict zone rough because there are all those hiccups and things like that 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 are causing performance problems on top of, you know, just less smooth mouse movement in general, sort of iffy. Um, While I was on foot, the whole thing crashed several times. This was on Tuesday when I was streaming. Um, I'm thinking back to it, and I actually think that the only time it crashed, I was loading the native Oculus version of the game. Whereas the if I load the game from Steam, VR or not, I don't think I've had a single crash. Uh, I wasn't writing them all down, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. So it may just be that my Oculus install is sort of messed up. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. But thinking back, like the first week... Up until Tuesday, I don't think I had any crashes. And I had just, I, I went, um, Oculus actually had a problem where they wasn't installing games from its store. On This is happening to lots of different games for a long time. I just tried to reinstall it the other day and it actually worked. So I was like, oh, cool. I have the Oculus version back, so I don't need to run Steam. Um, but I got crashes. I, I don't know. Um, right now I'm running it from Steam. It hasn't crashed all night. I've just been standing still, but I don't know. Um, I did try this, the, the going to free cam on foot, this trick, and suddenly I'm back in 3d in full immersive all the way around my body, 3d. Um, 
which was really cool. And it looked awesome. I was down on an ice planet admiring the textures. The planet looks beautiful. And the textures, when it's in actual 3D, are even better looking than they are on a monitor. It's it, The ice planet was stunning. It was so great. I was just out there on a ridge by myself in the sun on a planet with a purple sky. And it was wild. And I went into the free cam and I sort of placed myself in, a, in the sort of over the shoulder view. And I walked around for about five seconds and then it crashed to desktop. I'll try that again, loading from Steam sometime. But um, it was really cool. And it also made me think like, I don't see, I'm having trouble imagining how it would work to use true VR motion controls for the on-foot portions of the game. Um, I would need to get up out of my chair if I didn't get up out of my chair, I guess, I, I mean, I would want to because I would want the ability to turn around without using a thumbstick. That's what I, how I like to play VR games. But at the very least, I would need to like wheel my chair way back away from my desk so I didn't whack anything, right? Right. It's complicated. And then how do I find my way back? And I'm, I'm blind, you know, there has to be something, some feature for that. It's tough. I, I get why we're just doing simple like WASD mouse on on the FPS portions of this game. However, if you could just render it in stereoscopic, that would, it would be so great. Um, I I wouldn't even care, like make me peer through a VR window, like put the cinema screen in front of me. If it's 3D inside that cinema screen, I would be so happy. It would just be so much better. And it, it just makes the environments look so much better and so much more real. It, it really would be fantastic. I guess, I guess the settlement performance would be even worse, but I don't know. It's the, the spending that time in free cam had me longing for it because um, it really looks great. Um, let's see. The, the selection wheel business, that's already how you control most VR games. So that makes perfect sense, right? Essentially, you, you know, you call up a wheel and then move the mouse or your, or your controller in a specific direction. So, um, I, let's see. Oh, this weird thing was happening. Does this happen to you guys? The art cutter, when I have the art cutter deployed, like not holstered, and I sprint, the character lifts the art cutter over his head for a second and then pulls it back down. Like, Really fast. I haven't noticed that. Yeah, That's interesting. That. You have? But I also don't sprint around with the art cutter. I pull it out, use it, and put it away. Okay. Next next time you have an opportunity, pull, pull it out and then hold it in front of you and just sprint. See what he does. Anyway. Let's see. Oh, the system map. When I'm in cinema screen, so if I'm on foot and then I look at the system map, the text or whatever I'm highlighting, like everything looks normal, except that it's not in 3D, which is a little weird because it's basically presented as a flat menu, but in 3D normally. But anyway, it's flat, but whatever I'm selecting, the text of that is so small, I can barely tell it's there. It's as though it's being rendered 30 feet away from me, um, even though it's flat. So I don't I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, um, I... The last thing is um, this this business about switching 
switching between uh, back to your monitor when you're going to step out on foot because like you don't need to wear the headset for that. It's not going to be in 3D. And they they said right at the beginning like you can you can switch back to your monitor and then switch back to your headset when you're done. So that's actually not an Odyssey feature. You can do that in Horizons. You always could. If you load the game in a VR mode, like from a VR launcher, it will start in VR, and then you can go into the menu and um, under graphics and just on that first page before you open up display or quality or anything, there's a little thing that says 3D. And it'll say HMD headphones. Um, So in Odyssey, they added the HMD cinema screen so you can actually play on a ship or on an SRV with the cinema screen instead of full 3D, which is probably nice for um, motion sickness because the SRV still still is a little sicky sometimes. Um, But you can also turn it off and you always could. So the thing about that is it's each time you switch back to turning the 3D headset on, it changes your monitor's screen resolution. It switches you to windowed mode and it switches you to 1024 by 768. Not even an actual 16 by 9 resolution. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's done that forever. I hate that. So, so in Horizons, every time I would load the game in VR, it would load up at, at 1024 by 768 in windowed, no matter what I had set it to. I was pleasantly surprised in Odyssey when Odyssey actually remembers what I have my... Um, what you, it's basically the spectator view, right? The, the window that displays on the screen while I'm looking at my headset. That remembers its resolution. Uh, right really? up to the point where, well, yeah, it does. Right up to the point where I turn it off to look at my monitor and then turn it back on, it will reset the resolution to 1024768. So you can't just quickly switch back and forth because I was like, okay, what if I do this? Like, what if this is my gameplay? I'm going to go to, you know, maybe if I just step out for a second, I look at it in the headset, but if I'm going to do a whole conflict zone, I'll switch. I'll switch to flat monitor. And then I can see my keyboard and stuff and things are a little easier for on foot. So I tried it and I was like, okay, fine. You know, the performance really isn't any different. So, but whatever, maybe it's more comfortable. And then I get back in my ship and I switch back and I notice that if I peek out under my headset, my um, screen on the monitor has switched back to 1024 by 768, which means that isn't, that's a, that's something I've got to reset if I'm like streaming or something or if I was going to switch that, fly a ship for a while, and then switch back to the monitor, I would pull off my headset to find that I have the wrong screen resolution set there. And so it's it turns what should be a few clicks in a menu to switch quickly into you got to switch, and then you got to go back into the menu, change your display settings back to what you want them to be, and close the menu again. Okay. Pain in the butt. If I'm streaming, that means I've got to reset the view for the stream every single time I do it. Um, probably means I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to look at it inside the headset. I don't know. I don't know. So all in all, you know, it's, it's hard to not be disappointed by it. I mean, this is nine updates in. Um, I I am sure, like you said, fixing so many of the major game breaking bugs makes you ignore some of this other random nonsense. But the performance, like, you know, hearing that every update was getting a little bit better, a little bit better, 
you know, some people say, well, this one didn't help me, but it helped this other person. Then the last one before that helped me more on different computers. I was really expecting more. Um, it's hard to say. I wish I could load up the old build. <laughs> um, what was I on? Update 3 when they scrapped VR and I quit? Can't remember. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Sounds right. So it's disappointing. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, they basically said that they're not, they don't give a shit about VR. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so, I mean, that's, you know, to not see as much improvement in VR as improvement that has happened on flat screen. But then even flat, there's still so many just ridiculous kind of bugs that I see, you know, pretty much every time I play, you know, but mm-hmm. every fifth or sixth time I go in a station on foot, I got to re-log because all of the uh, NPCs, not the walking around NPCs, but <laughs> the like the, bar, the bartender, the, the apex guy, you know, they're all, they're just gone. You know, they're not gone? there. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're gone. They're, they're in gone. the counter. No, sometimes I, I they're in the counter, like yeah. I showed you the one time. Sometimes they're they're set back from the counter or down, so you can't even click on them. That they're just <laughs> too far back, and you can't get to them. But other times, I come in because every station I go to, I go and I check uh, the pioneer, pioneer. The, the weapon person, see if there's any you know engineered weapons and stuff that you know I can put on Discord. That somebody can go buy if they want. I check weapons every time and go running. Oh. There's no vendor here. God damn it. Look around and, oh, they're all gone. All right, log out, log back in. And when you log out and log back in, you don't log out in front of the counter. You log back at the elevator and you got to run back up. You know, it's just... That's where the instance starts. Little things like that that are just, you know, how long are little bugs like this going to be around? I mean, I still love the body flopping. You know, if you kill people in an SRV, then you get out of the SRV, the bodies fall from the sky. That <laughs> bug is still there, and I love that. I love the, the crotch awesome. bodies, yeah. and I hope they don't fix that. I hate even mentioning it at times because that's, like, one of my favorite things. But <laughs> they get it um, onto the wrong person's radar. Exactly. They fix the miscolored 07s on our fleet carriers super fast. I'm afraid they're going to fix that one. But, I mean, there's that yeah. one that bugs me all the time um uh czs if you get in like i want we've we've had a handful of wars that we could fought in not a single one of them has had a high ground cz which has been annoying me because it's a good way to make money and you know we can do some bgs you know mm-hmm. win a war there's no i, I I really hate that there's not always at least one high, medium, and low CZ when there's wars, but that's bugging me. There isn't me, even but, always a frontline. Like I found at least yeah. two systems where there was no frontline solutions at all in the whole system. Yep, yep. There's there's that. Um, but I, when I'm doing ground CZs, let's say we get a war and I want to go make money, I would, you know, about one in. Mm. 10 maybe i'd i'd crash you know you just crash the desktop whatever that that, uh-huh. that that's just gonna happen but what's more annoying is when you get into a cz and it's bugged where it's dropping new troops and it's dropping them at the drop site but nobody's running around none of the npcs are moving they just drop where they are they'll still shoot <laughs> but they don't move or worse it quits dropping npcs you know no reinforcements coming nothing happening all you can do is just you know take the objectives 
uh, to try to end that CZ so you can get on to the next one. And sometimes you go back in and it's fine. Other times it does the same fucking thing again. And it's, it's little things like that. It's, it's makes it unplayable. It's just, it's asinine. I mean, one thing when it drops the NPCs and they don't move, but they still shoot, that can be very lucrative because your NPCs <laughs> don't move either. So you get to kill every single one of the NPCs and you're not uh, reducing their resources by taking objectives. So you can make over 40 million on a single high CZ. It takes a while because you got to <laughs> run to the drop points, kill the five, six, you know, the half dozen that drop, kill them, go to the next drop point, kill Stop those six. Grenade, and you do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you got to kill them all and you can make 40 million plus on a single CZ, but it's boring and tedious and why would you do it? But they're I, I shooting them with impunity. So yes, well, they, they're shooting back. You still have to kind of take cover and it's amazing how far they can throw grenades. I mean, it is low G well, planets, gravity. Yeah. but they yeah. are very, very accurate at a great distance with grenades. Just that's, the, that's one thing I did try to throw a few grenades and um, only one of them hit its target. It was like the third try. And that was because I was basically dropping it 10 feet in front of me and rolling back around a crate to, to get a, away from it. Cause it was a little crowd right in front of me. And I, I did that. But anytime I tried to throw a grenade at distance uh, to land at a group of enemies, they were always, I always overshot by like, uh, like, make I'm a, sure like I'm a major quarterback. Make sure you reticule is right on one of the enemies. You aim like right at where oh, they you, are. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That right. was the trick I found because I was missing them all the time. Then all of a sudden I learned, even from a great distance, just putting the, you know, making sure I've, I'm on an NPC, not the terrain around them. It would, it would yeah. pretty much land right in the middle of a group of hey, do NPCs. You, um, so, so I took some missions and I went and just tried to, like, let's see what random missions are like. A couple of them were deliveries or pickups, met the person, did the thing. Then they were like crash sites, like recover the ship schematic from the crash site. So I find the eagle and I open up the crates. I find one of them has the thing in it. I loot the rest of it. Some people show up, I waste them and I leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third one I went to, so I had like five missions and three of them were crash sites. The third one, uh, it didn't spawn the thing that I needed to get. Hmm. So I looted it. I wasted all the guys. I was like, hey, I didn't find the thing anywhere. Um, Okay. Let's fly up into, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't sure. Do I menu log? I, I flew up into Super Cruise, came back, and it respawned, um, and it wasn't there again. Um, I did this a few times. One of the times, the one of the crates had a code lock, and I had no way of knowing what the code was, so I gave up on that one. E-breach. Well, yeah, and I wasn't yeah. carrying one because I'm silly, I guess. I, I don't think I've bought one. I do have all the stuff that I gained back when I had Odyssey briefly at launch. Um, that all was still sitting in my account, so that's sort of nice. But uh, yeah, I didn't have any e-breaches on me. But I never, so I never got it. That mission had to be failed eventually. It never Well, there's a, there's a couple things. Sometimes, like, those, you know, those yellow crates, they'll be in the ground a little bit, and what you need will be covered in dirt inside the crate, and you can't get it that happens oh, there, there was one like that where it was half in so when i opened it i could see dirt inside the crate yep 
Even like with the big storage containers, sometimes those would be buried in the dirt funny where you can't cut the panel to get into it because that's in the dirt. It's like, okay, well, that this nice. is screwed. So that happens sometimes. But another thing about Odyssey that's that's quite odd and uh-huh. is um, like to reset an instance. Like if you're at one of the crash satellites and you need to get data, and that's yeah. a good way to get manufacturing instructions. To reset that, you log to desktop, log back in, and then you can get data again over and over. But you got to log to desktop, not to menu. And you well, can't just... it's just like HDEs. It is. But settlements that you go to, if you log out and log back in, every cabinet in the entire place yeah. will be empty and data ports will be empty. Those you just go into, su- you go into Super Cruise, go back down, and everything respawns. Okay. But you can't right. do that at the satellites. So, so I was sort of doing it wrong. I need to go to desktop. But each time I did what I did do, just menu logging or flying out into space, the crates would close and they would have new stuff in them. Okay. They would never have the ship, the thing I actually needed still wasn't there. Yeah. And see, they might act different than the data ports because they do it, they like did it (laughs) different for each different item. You need to know which way to reset the instance in order to do stuff you know like for engineering mats at settlements what i would do go in murder everybody in there loot everything in hop into super cruise drop back down do it again and if you find (laughs) you know uh a good settlement that's got you know five six data ports spread out and (laughs) there's a bunch of you know uh you find cabinets and everything else oh yeah sit down Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll have 10 notoriety by the end of it, but then I'll go hunt aliens for a couple of days and then, then I'll come back <laughs> and do the other thing again. So, yeah, I, there's so many screwball-y things like that that you, you just need to learn the quirks of this. I don't know. Odyssey is like you've got that great old car that you love that has giant issues, you know, like you pull up to the stoplight and you got to put in neutral and give a gas to keep the engine running. You know, yeah. it just, yeah, there's these little things, you know, you got to, when you start it, you have to pump the gas three times. Otherwise it won't start. It's like, you learn these ways <laughs> just to keep yourself functioning because uh-huh. you, you love it and it's got its quirks and its annoyances, but you're still going to play it because you love it. That's how I feel about this game at times. Yeah. Well, so uh, the the thing that I haven't done yet since in the past two weeks, I haven't loaded up Horizons. So the thing is, if I load that up and it runs so smooth and, and great, that's what I'm wondering. I wanted to get used to, enough to this to just try to play it and just ignore the, the nonsense and just try to like get used to it and then load up Horizons sometime and see what's going on. Because it, it's actually not, I'm apparently... This was sort of news to me, but I am not the only reason that we were playing most of our stuff in Horizons. There are still several people that don't have it or um, do Drago, have it. Like Crash. Like Crash, who whose computer, and he didn't speak up. And I, Crash is a little too bad. nice. Yeah. Um, I felt really bad because we set up to when we did that Thargoid CZ, it was, there was only a few of us. It was not like a big deal. He was not would not have been rocking the boat to say, hey, can we do this in Horizons? But he he's too, he's too uh, tough about it. Um, his his computer is a it crawls in a, in something like a even in a combat space situation like that he w- he said he was like routinely down under twenty fps yeah and just having a hard time sh- how are you going to fight a thargoid like that come on 
And he didn't say anything till after. So we'll definitely sit and apparently, you know, of course, CQC, because like you're saying, it's too hard to see. Um, so CQC just never gets played in Odyssey, I guess. Yeah, I, um, I play I play back and forth. Most of my CQC is in Horizons because that's where a majority of the, you know, the longtime CQC Discord players play and everything. Yeah, that that's that's where the most matches are. But in the evening, if I'm playing Odyssey, I'll be queued for CQC. So I do play quite a bit of CQC in Odyssey. Okay. It is it is quite different. I mean we should just for shits and giggles next CQC night, do it in Odyssey just so you guys can see the difference yeah, between the maybe two. Maybe just for a little while or something. Yeah, yeah. Play a couple few matches and and see mm-hmm. if Crash has issues, you know, with um oh, he will. disconnects. Cause I honestly don't you know, in Horizon CQC, I, you know, still you know, the disconnects are just CTD, you know, CTD, crash the desktop. We got a whole uh, emoji and everything on the CQC Discord. Every time it happens, you know, we post in their Discord, a CTD again, I'm coming back in. You know, you let people know because yeah. it sucks, especially in team deathmatch. Also, the teams in, are imbalanced because you know, one or two people on one team got disconnected. So then you're jumping back in and it happens all the time in Horizons. I honestly don't, recall having the crashes in odyssey not to say that it didn't happen because Mm -hmm. i just haven't been playing as much odyssey cqc as horizons it might be happening but i i don't i'm thinking about it right now and i don't remember it happening as much in odyssey if at all compared to horizons so i i i don't know it's messed up all over yeah i think well i i've experienced very few crashes in cqc actually but I obviously haven't played it nearly as much as as the avid CQCer would have. Um, I don't know. I think most. I, I'm the more I think about it, I think my crashes might be related to something wrong with the Oculus version of the install. I think there might be something wrong with it too because it it used to um, before I upgraded my computer. If I loaded in Oculus, and this is the only reason that I would do it, it would behave like a native Oculus app, which is to say, like, when you go into the dash menu to, like, pick out desktop windows and float them in your world, like Twitch chat or something, you can still see the game behind it. But if you load, like, something else, like from Steam VR onto an Oculus headset, you can still use dash, but it fades to, like, a white grid. You can't see the game behind it because it's not like a native Oculus, even though it's still using the Oculus um, compositor. It it won't do that anymore. No matter where I load the game, even native Oculus, it, it won't make Dash work correctly. And I've been on with support. I'm I'm Oculus has uh, Meta, whatever they're called now, has has basically washed their hands of me. They basically <laughs> said it's Frontier's fault. And I'm like, but they didn't make any changes to their game. Like I upgraded my computer, a fresh install of Windows please, like, something's different, but they won't help me. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Or maybe I just don't care because it's really not that big a deal. If the Steam version crashes less, then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I just, I don't, I don't, I would never give Oculus another cent anyway. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm even bothering. So, Whew. well, um, if anybody's still listening... Sorry. Uh, if, if there are people who are interested in VR, I know like it's a smaller segment of the community. VR is a huge deal to me. And 
this game is a huge deal to VR. You know, this is, I, I, I got interested in VR after I got this, after I got elite and every list of, at least back then, every list of the best Mm -hmm. VR games ever included elite dangerous. And that I, and that was justified. Um, So to have it dropped, I, in, in my opinion, we, I could understand if, true motion controls and like standing standing room VR experience never comes to this game because I think it would be, what would you do when you got back into the spaceship? I, I don't know. It's, that's a big problem. I don't know how to switch between standing and sitting in a VR experience smoothly. But to render the on-foot experience in 3D, even if it's presented through a sort of window in front of you or something, even if I'm controlling it with the mouse, um present it in 3d and we would be a long way i think to fixing that situation so that that's what i'm hopeful for that maybe someday maybe a couple of years down the road we'll get that um but it certainly got a lot more that is sort of the least of our of their problems i think because it it's just if once again i basically what is this the third fastest graphics card in the world yeah i guess i guess maybe technically it's fifth now cuz there's a 3090 Ti coming, but anyway, <laughs> who cares? It's yeah. those don't even those perform like slightly better in games anyway. They're like it's stupid, but anyway, it's if yeah, like I said, if if your game doesn't run on this computer, it's not the computer's fault. This is a very very powerful computer, well beyond and, the necessary specs for any game, even VR games. And so. I'll just put in there too. I only discovered this game because of vr lists like you mentioned you know best vr games yeah i'd gotten a vr headset and had a few games and then started looking you know you're looking at you know you're just googling best vr games best vr games and also this game starts showing up then you know obviously once i read the description as game being a space nerd i'm like how have i never heard of this game what the (laughs) hell is going on you know so then get it and it it was you know (laughs) don't want to be hyperbolic, but life-changing as far as I'm in a spaceship. I'm fucking sitting in a spaceship right now, flying in, in, you know, the ring of a gas giant fighting pirates. I was in love with this game, and it was because of VR that I I got here. I don't play in VR very much at all anymore, Uh, but, you know, I I hop in, you know, I'll do some CQC once in a while, or if I buy a new ship, I got to see what the cockpit looks like and stuff in VR. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the scale is all in my brain. When I'm playing on a flat screen, I still, you know, I've been in that cockpit, so I, I, I... like if I'm thinking about when we were fighting aliens, I'm almost seeing it, you know, our, you know, that CZ the other night when I'm talking about it later to somebody, I'm remembering it in full 3d because I've been in the cockpit. <laughs> you know, I had, I had logged enough hours that that's just how I picture the game. Even when, you know, I'm playing it on flat screen sure. because I've been there. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of these complaints, um, I really do think that this on foot, platform um like we're saying like it it is a platform to be built on this is a lot of what the the commander burr's video is about um it 
was the I think it was the right move. Like I still agree with that, even though I have I wasn't playing it and was like sort of against it and stuff. I, I think it's the right move for the game. I think flying the spaceship around, being able to drive the SRV, like not being able to get out of the ship and go inside and see somebody face to face or like walk on a surface was a major hole. And it was the right move. It's it's just the implementation is still not finished. Um, God, it's bringing to so I'm getting all these like conversational thoughts in my head right now that I it's much too late to get into. Sometime I I wonder if if we're looking for a topic on the podcast, I'm gonna bring up um, early access games in development uh, because I think it's a scourge. On video games as a whole, yeah. Um, but I wonder if it's if it's necessary, and I wonder if I'm being like a total jerk to like independent developers. But like, I can't. I mean, imagine what we we all pre-ordered this and got burned so bad. I could never pre-order anything again. And isn't that what early access is? Aren't I agreeing to play an uncomplete version on the promise that it might be complete someday? I kind of think that's what I'm doing right here. Like, I think I just spent an hour or whatever reviewing Elite Dangerous Early Access. And that's what you got to wonder is, is it wow. almost all games are this way now? You're not seeing games put out, yeah. you know, truly Without having polished an early access games phase. Exactly, because they're so, so complicated compared to what they used to be. And especially yeah. with how big PC gaming has become, they have to get it to work on so many hardware configurations and, and so many things that I just, I, I don't see a way around it. I don't want to make excuses for developers, but because yeah. I, I, we always mock them. Yeah, development is hard, you know, but it, it, <laughs> it actually is. is. Yeah. And keep <laughs> I mean, in mind, they're filling with our game in particular here, they're filling an entire fucking galaxy. You know, they're, yeah. I always, I always remind myself of that, that this game is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, what, what really, what chaps me about the, the Odyssey was, I, I'm not upset that I pre ordered the game. I have pre ordered other games in the past and been burned. And long before Odyssey came out, swore I would never pre-order another game. I knew exactly what I was getting into with Odyssey. I was expecting early access to a beta. And I knew what I was getting into. And that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is after the beta, the production version was still a beta. Yeah. That's where they pissed me off. Right. Well, that uh, that's what I would. Right. I I when I said that a minute ago about how I've just revered, reviewed the early access, I'd I'd sort of forgotten about the fact that there was actually an alpha that I pre-ordered and played, uh, and well, they, the live version was absolutely no different yeah, whatsoever. They they called it a beta. You're right. It was actually they an called alpha. it an alpha, and then we got the beta, but they called it release. Yes, yeah. that's what chaps my ass. But you know, and we we were actually talking about this long before we we started recording tonight but you know they they had to release um a foundational system for on foot play that everything else has to 
build off of. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I completely understand that they were going to release that bare bones without a lot of stuff added to it because they have to get that base system built and it has to function. Otherwise, you can't build off of it. A Commodore to release. Come later. But yeah, call, A, call it what it is, and B, guys, how many months are we into this now and it still don't work? Yeah. Here, well, here's one thing random. That one, one thing that talks... <sighs> Another little example of where I just don't think they look at everything. Remember the other night when we were winging up and we were looking at the portraits in the in the communication panel up top, right? Yep. And you're like, I just see the black helmet. And then it's like, oh, I see your old bearded face here, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why isn't it showing my Odyssey character, the helmet he's wearing and stuff like that? And I couldn't figure out what that was. And then I started putzing around. What you see in the nav in the communication panel, that portrait is from the hollow me. So the hollow me thing that right. you do didn't bring in any of the Odyssey stuff. So yeah. your Odyssey <laughs> tune is different from your hollow me tune. Well, so I remember when I first installed Odyssey, I made a I had to make a new hollow me, which kind of makes sense that like the the player model yeah. thing had totally changed, right? Yeah. Um but then um, so I made a new one and then I didn't have Odyssey anymore. And I, upon going back to Horizons, all of the Hollow Me customizations that I had done on Horizons were gone. And I never redid them because I didn't care because it was Horizons. Um, but now I'm back and they, wait, how do I, can I see that from where I'm standing now? How do I look at Hollow Me? Do I go to go to a screen? I don't remember uh, how I looked at that the other night. Going I think. to it terminal hollow me yeah here it is yep hold on is it here yeah so the the one i made for odyssey is here of course okay let's x out of this but why doesn't it have all the helmets and stuff of the odyssey um well, like, like, my you know, like an Artemis piece? helmet or a Maverick yeah, no, helmet. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't have any of that. that. It just has the flight helmet even, even or the that's face. That's what I'm wearing in my ship. Like, yeah, that's what is on on my pilot's seat. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Hey, you know, it, it comes to mind. I I don't. Um, I realize that early selling early access is a way for independent developers to fund their development. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like that needs to be like removed from our whole system because for any game that couldn't be made otherwise, absolutely. Um, but I think it's inexcusable for a large company like like a company that was maybe the largest publisher in the UK, for yeah. example. Just as a random example, if a company was like that, yeah, it's pulling it out of a hat for now, that yeah. to be and 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 they don't call it that, but this is not. This is not finished. I mean, and I and I also, I, I get in the back of my mind whenever people are constantly over the last few months complaining about where's the content, where's the content, and begging for, and then finally getting the release of the new SRV and multi-limpid controllers, and please, you know, where's the content? There's nothing going on here. We need more missions to tie into each other. You know, I get all that, uh, but... The foundation isn't complete. I mean, this is a foundation. And as Burr was saying, as we're saying now, like it's going to be expanded upon. It's going to be built up over years the way Horizons was and the original game was. 
but the foundation isn't complete yet. And the, the rabid crowds, you know, yeah, I mean, I forks in the chat rooms on Twitch, like trying to, you know, where's my content? Where's my content guys? Like where, how come the game doesn't run? The console players don't even have a choice. And it's definitely because of performance. Like, is that ever Mm going to be fixed? I don't even know. The platform isn't finished. That's what needs, that's the primary attention. And I think it should, it should be the solitary focus to the expense of everything else. I don't care if the missions are stupid and all I can do in a a settlement is shoot everybody until it's running right. It's not done. It's not ready for anything else yet. And I legitimately think that there is some amount of content in a queue waiting for the foundation to be fixed before they can well, probably not release it, but before they can do final development on it and push it out. Mm-hmm. But you know, the problem that they're running into is it's taking them so long to get the foundation fixed that they're starting to run into those problems with people, you know, starting to complain about the content. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, we all are like, like ground Thargoid combat. And we, we, we know all, it's coming. Well, we're all on the assumption that it's they don't want to release it until Console. consoles have Odyssey, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that's what we all assume. We've never heard that for sure or anything. So who the fuck knows for sure? I, I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. running on that assumption, and it's going to be coming eventually, but who knows what stage of development well, that's in. And let's not forget, FDev, for the past However, God knows how long, at least as long as Elite has been out, has been teaching a master class on how not to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, it, it we I know we, they've been on holiday and, and stuff like yes. that. Um, yes. And possibly I've heard tell that some people might have gotten sick. So I hope everyone's doing okay over there. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that hurts me in my heart. But anyway, I... Um, I don't know. I don't know what to, what to add about. I, I think I do think that that it personally. I think that it is because of waiting until it's on console. But it's because that point is emphasized by the fact that it's not going to be on console until it performs well. Yeah, uh, it, so yeah. That's if it the ever gets to console, the game is performance. If it ever gets to console, I bet it will be fine in VR too. If it, if the performance gets to that point, and um, so that's why I. I, that's why that's optimistic. I, well, yeah, I'm not sure that it's going to happen. If, if it comes to console, it will be because they got the performance down. Um, so I don't know, I guess it, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it matters if the reason we haven't seen the, the rest of the content, you know, quote unquote, Thargoid on foot is because of performance or because of consoles. Cause I think they're the same issue essentially. Yes, I yes. agree. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it'll never get past quality control on the consoles in the state it's in right now. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to see a Thargoid on foot if I'm seeing it at 25 FPS. <laughs> yeah. I want to see it at 60 FPS, like minimum, which is not really enough for my headset, but it'll do um, because I want it to be awesome. Yeah. And right now the conflict zones are mediocre. Because they stutter. Because they all, and I, like I said, it's a powerful computer. I'll have pretty good FPS for a while, and then something will happen, and it'll crunch for a second, and then it'll come back. That's almost worse than if it was just steady low, you know? 
I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to stop talking about this now. Yeah. Is yeah. there any other business? Yeah. yeah. We, we were at two hours. We need to land the plane. Dubs <laughs> fell asleep an hour ago. I've been listening to a bunch of grumpy old men. <laughs> no, no, two grumpy old men and I, one youngster. I've been having a decent experience, but I play on flat screen. So. Boy, that's, yeah. a, that's a ringing endorsement. Look, if you yeah. don't like the quality, set it to 720p, low settings, and truck on. <laughs> Yeah, but Doves, did you hear? I explained. I can set the resolution absolutely as low. I can set it to 0.5 subsampling. I can't even see where my target reticle is. The resolution is so bad in the headset, and the performance doesn't increase. That's from, from one to one. There is something in there that's wrong with it. That's not yes. actually running right. Checks the RGB settings on your RAM. <laughs> <laughs> there are no LEDs in my RAM. Oh, that's your problem. Hold on. Okay. It, first of all, is there any other business before I close this out? And this yeah. episode still needs a title. So, what other business? Um, uh, 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 <laughs> Words from our sponsor, Craft Singles. If you don't like it, then fuck you. Actually, the sponsor this this week, if you remember, is Commander Bolt. Thanks, Commander oh, Bolt. Yes. This rant is your fault. Um, it's your wait, title. Wait, this wait, rant wait, wait, is wait, your wait, fault. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Volt sponsored you. He didn't sponsor me or Dubs or Nurgle. What the hell? Where's I our copies of the game? I want, a, I want a copy. The vast majority of the content <laughs> yeah, of this podcast. I'm feeling very unsponsored. I'm just hoping that Craig actually got all this. Oh, God, yes. Oh, he's oh, fine. God. I'm sure he's fine. Actually, I don't care. I don't <laughs> That's your title. This rant's for you. Yeah. So, um, seriously, though, um, it, it's very kind, Volt. Thank you so much. And yes. I did take, I did actually, sincerely, I wanted to take it seriously and, and actually make it into a podcast episode actually thinking about this stuff because... Um, because you, you know, because you sent it to me and, and that's, that's nice. And I, I don't know. I don't know what else I feel. I feel weird about it because I, I am coming away with a lot more complaints than good things to say, but I have to be honest. And that's one thing that's, you no. know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a bias of having sunk money into it. Um, Volt does. And isn't, isn't Volt in college? Like, what are you doing with your money, dude, that you're just sending games to some podcaster that you know? He, he's oh, making man. questionable financial decisions, which yeah. is what we all did when we were that age. It's, There's it's, way worse things he could have sent you. Just, yeah. just, just, just yeah. say thank you and move on. <laughs> or that he could have spent his money on in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, Volt. Um, you're, you're a hero. Uh, any other business for the show? Guys? No, no. 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 land the plane. Okay, um, please give us a rating or review um, and make it a good one. Because if you didn't like this episode and you give me a bad review because of it, I'm only doing this. I'm only doing rants from here out. Uh, you've been warned. Join us in Discord at discord.io slash loose screws and check out our merch store at loosescrews.com for mugs, t shirts, hoodies, and more, including your consoles and my right t shirts. And um, I'm Commander Jan Trax and Chig and Dubs and Nurgle. Thanks you so much for listening to me and anyone who actually stayed to the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Yay! Um, bye. Bye.